podcast listeners. So a topic has been coming up a lot uh, lately um, in just conversations during a workshop I gave in conversations with clients and it has to do with dealing with heaviness and suffering and negativity. There's just been so much going on in this world. I'm recording this on June 13th, which is the day of the new moon in Gemini. And last week in the United States, two you know prominent celebrities committed suicide. And globally, there's just so much happening. Volcanoes erupting and refugee parents being separated from their children and if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast I know without a doubt of my mind that you are somebody that cares that feels deeply and sometimes it's all too much you know how do you be in the world but not be tumbled by all the heaviness and the suffering that's going on in the world when you have an open heart it's such a beautiful experience and there's moments of just being able to see the love that you have in your heart and what that can do for another and there's this feeling of wanting to spread more of that but then it's also in conflict with the part that wants to protect self because the truth is it can be too much and too heavy And so how do you navigate, you know, being in the world, but not being kind of taken over by it? And the thing that I think about is uh, last year on my 40th birthday, I was in Portland, Oregon, and it was June 4th, so it was last week. And I remember some unexpected, like amazingness happened on that trip where we got in contact with some old friends and they helped us arrange a babysitter so that I was actually able to celebrate my birthday in a beautiful restaurant and go on a date with my husband. And I remember we went to this gorgeous restaurant, but I was overtaken by all the poverty on the streets. There were so many homeless people. I mean, literally saw a woman convulsing from from drugs you know, shaking on the street. And I could not (laughs) enjoy myself. It was really hard for me to accept this precious, precious gift that I was given because of the contrast of all the suffering that was happening just like right outside, right outside of where I was having a meal. And I remember in some ways, I kind of picked a fight with my husband And when it came to dessert time, I was just not, not feeling good. And my husband, I remember particularly it was because 
when we decided to get dessert, there was a homeless family, like a, a couple with a little baby. And it was just, it was just too much. And I remember my husband said something to me and it might come off as sounding mean, but it's exactly what I needed to hear. He said to me, you're not God. You know, first he called me out and he said, let me guess. You you can't enjoy your dessert because of, of this family. And, and then he said those words, you're not God. And of course that was like, sounds mean, but it was true. It was exactly what I needed to hear because what it helped me, what it shifted in me and what it helped me to see was that me being sad and taking on the suffering of the world actually serves nobody. And that instead I can use that open heart and that compassion for service. And oftentimes when we have open hearts and we care a lot about people, you know, we, we think service means being a servant and giving of ourselves and sacrificing of ourselves and essentially being a savior. It is an archetype that many of us actually might want to help people hold. <laughs> and we need to be aware of it because when we walk around believing that we're saviors, like we're meant to help other people, we in some ways disempower others. And instead, we can use this amazing light that we have in our life and this compassion that we feel in our hearts that draw suffering and negative negativity to us. Because, you know, when a person's really thirsty, they're going to go to the ocean. And our hearts are like an ocean of love. And... You know, I believe that we probably, if you believe in past lives, have awarenesses of perhaps playing roles as saviors. But I think there's a really new paradigm of healing and spirituality that we're experiencing in our evolution in the world right now. And what I realize is that I may not be God, but my attention and awareness and compassion gives me a direct line to God. And if God is something that overwhelms you, um, or that, you know, triggers you, you can think of just source or, you know, the divine, but essentially just, there is a big, bigger orchestration in our world. There is an energy that is not limited because in truth, as humans, we are limited. That is our truth. That that is our reality when we chose to incarnate on this earth. And in that moment, I chose to say a prayer for that family. And when people are suffering, sometimes they're the ones that are disconnected from source. We all have moments of that, even if you're somebody that's highly, you know, has a, a strong connection to God or is highly spiritual or religious, you know, we're human. We have our moments as well. And having somebody pray for us or asking for prayers, it seems so small. It kind of seems like what could prayers do, but boy, <laughs> have I seen miracle after miracle. And so I prayed for this family and I just simply said, I, I know I pray for help to come their way. 
And when we came out of it, and, and it helped me, it actually helped me to be able to celebrate myself on my birthday because once again, like what does me suffering and feeling sad do for that family? Like absolutely nothing. And on top of that, it's actually pretty egoic to believe that somehow our suffering and sacrifice um, could help another because it limits the abundance of the world. It's this belief of like, well, if I receive this joy and happiness, then it limits how much joy and happiness is available to others. And I have some theories on how that belief system came up. I think it's oftentimes stemmed in childhood. If we were taught that to sacrifice our happiness for our sibling or, you know, our parents use guilt, like, oh, if you really love me, you would do this if you, etc. So I think there's just a lot of conditioning that happens when we're younger and we learn that we, we are taught that the world is of lack and that I don't really believe that's true. And I believe that we can change that belief and rewire our brains through evidence. <laughs> and so when I prayed for this family, we came out after having a breakfast and I saw somebody helping them. And I really believe that a prayer is kind of like, I think of it almost as like putting out a Batman single signal <laughs> out into the ethers. And I believe there's a lot of superheroes and heroines around the world that when we put out a call, like the person, the right person sees that and they come and they support. And it's the person who is available, who has the bandwidth, who has the human circumstances to be able to give. Because what I have also seen is that, and this is in my case as well, is that sometimes it's the most depleted people that play the role of being in service. And I think, again, this is like conditioning, habit, things that we're taught. And so that is also another topic that I just kind of want to mention because I have noticed, you know, people that I've talked to starting to say, you know, have that awareness for themselves and, you know, of that they keep drawing in negative people or they're drawing in people that like have heavy kind of sharing their burdens and their heaviness with them. And it's overwhelming. And I've been on both sides of that. I've been somebody who's had to be around people with a lot of heaviness. And sometimes I've been the one that has been, sh you know, share, sharing my heaviness on another and um, has have depleted that person. And, you know, the truth is that, again, like we all go through moments. And if you are someone that just feels like you're drawing in a lot of negativity or a lot of heaviness, I think that's, you know, one or two things that are probably happening, happening. Sometimes it is that again, we are that light and people are, they see our brightness and they're coming to us for, you know, just like a drink of fresh water. And there are some tools that you can use to be able to listen, not, and not take it in. That comes with practice. That's something that I um, these are various tools that I share with my clients and, um, you can build your, build your muscle of empathy as opposed to sympathy and sympathy is often when you take that pain on, whereas empathy is you could be with it without absorbing it. But until you build that muscle, um, you have, you know, we have to learn boundaries and this is like the hardest thing for me to learn 
It is a lifelong lesson that I'm still learning. And one of the best definitions I love, love about love, that I've heard about boundaries that really resonated with me is that boundaries are you're just your preferences. Because sometimes boundaries feel like a harsh word. And if somebody's in need, it can feel selfish to say, like, I want to keep this barrier, especially if you're somebody who celebrates having an open heart. But when I think about boundaries as just being a preference and just, you know, honoring the space that you're in. If you are a mother of three and there's somebody that's going through sickness and they're, or divorce and they're just really like going through so much emotion and you don't actually have the bandwidth to hold that for another person, you can honestly say, you know, I can listen to you for one or two minutes, but that's as much that I, as much as I can receive or I can hold space because I have all these other people that I'm taking care of. And if the other person reacts negatively towards that or attacks you for it, I encourage you not to take that personally. It might have been a saving grace in a way that there was a bigger orchestration for you to be able to detach from the negativity in your life. And I've had that experience myself. It doesn't feel good, but I've had direct affirmation when I've created those boundaries of um, a sentiment from a book. I use everything as an oracle and I opened up a book once after I created a boundary like that, which was so challenging for me. And the message was sometimes you have to love people from afar. And so I just really want to reiterate, if you do keep a boundary and you don't be the first one to help a person in need, please don't um, diminish yourself for it or judge yourself for it and also limit yourself knowing that you have the ability to pray for another person. You have an ability to send love to another person and even if that person attacks you, um, it will make a huge difference. It really will because you're calling on something that's much bigger than you that can allow and invite in grace. But grace can't come in unless we ask for it. And so I hope this quick podcast little share with you is supportive for you if you're feeling kind of all the negativity and suffering of the world. Just, you know, some simple tools of being able to call on something bigger than you, create a boundary for yourself by sharing your preferences and just being honest and owning your humanity, but knowing that you are connected to something that's very divine that lives within you as well. And if you want any more information on how to go deeper with creating boundaries and working with energy and honoring your sensitivity and empath, please visit drswetthecoach.com and reach out to me for a consultation. And I'll be happy to share with you some of the tools I have up my sleeve. Take care. This is a